0: Welcome to Interviews by the Smart Chiropractor. This show is where Dr. Jason Deitch and myself, Jeff Langmaid, give you a front row seat to our conversations with the current influencers, future leaders, and fantastic people involved in our profession. Hey, Smart Chiropractors, I am Dr. Jeff Langmayne, and welcome to another Smart Chiropractor show in our featured guest segment. Today, I am happy to sit down uh, with somebody that I have known for quite a few years that I call a friend, Dr. Josh Satterley. Josh, thanks for taking a few minutes and chatting with us today. Absolutely, Jeff. It's my pleasure, as always. Well, I want to dive right in because many docs probably know you because of your, you've taught a bunch in the movement-based world, you have a fantastic uh, Facebook group dedicated to... Basically the concept of a clinic gym hybrid. I'd love to explore that in detail, but let's catch up those docs that might not be as up to date as they could or should be clinic gym hybrid. What's the concept behind that? Let's break down what it is. And then we can talk about why docs should really pay attention to this model moving forward. Absolutely,
1: man. So uh, let's see. So back in thir- 2013, uh, maybe 2012, I was looking to say like, how do I expand my business? And as you know, being a chiropractor, you are handcuffed to the table. You want to make more money, you better treat more patients. And if you want to take some time off to spend more time with the family or coach or whatever, coach the kids in soccer, cool. Just be ready for a pay reduction. I was like, that's a really crappy, uh, choice, right? And so I said, hey, how can we do this differently? And and everywhere you look in business, like memberships, memberships, memberships. Well, I was not down with the kind of like, hey, join a membership and I'll just adjust you as many times as you want in a month. Um, But I thought, you know, I send every one of my patients out for exercise. I do some rehab in my office. What if we can make that into a membership? And if you look at all the research, I mean, it's absolutely clear, like exercise enhances every single musculoskeletal condition and the recovery of it. So I thought... Well, that's perfect. I'm already treating people, sending them for rehab. Then we'll send them to exercise. Let's just own the exercise piece and transform right into our gym. So your clinic just becomes the front end of this amazing gym. Everybody's there to get better. And it's a perfect progression of care for your patients. And it turns out that there's a lot of people that sell membership for a gym and we just became another group of
0: them. Uh, I, I love that. There's no question that movement is the basis of what we do day in, out, day in and day out in our practice. And so many yeah. docs out there can understand, gosh, you know, the patients, they, they want to move. But I, once they get out of my practice, I have difficulty influencing how much they do and, and how they do it. For those docs out there that might hear this, they're already getting interested, but they might be thinking to themselves, well, I'm not really a rehab expert. I don't have mm-hmm. a ton of gym Gear in my practice, or a ton of extra space. How does this look practically as somebody begins to implement it from a nuts and bolts perspective? Yeah, we we get that question quite often. It's like, oh, I don't,
1: I, uh, I'm stuck in my lease for the next three years. I can't expand or I can't add, or I don't really, I'm not a gym person. And what we're talking about, in some sense, there's really just three phases. Number one, the first phase is give every patient exercise as part of their care. And if you're not doing that, don't. Don't worry about moving on until you are doing that the second thing is can you just have a trainer that does those exercises for you? so that turns into another revenue stream because the uh, Patients can book with the trainer and not necessarily book with you the doctor But your business is still making the money now how much space does that need they could literally be doing it in just an extra rehab area or an extra treatment room that you're not using right Mm -hmm. Maybe have a little bit of open space or you can knock down a wall or something. But really, open space is what you're looking for before anything else. The weights and bands and all that stuff comes later. Then the third phase is the membership phase. And that's where you're doing this as like a class-based session. Now, if you're stuck for space and equipment, you don't have to worry about the membership thing until maybe you have probably over 600 square feet is, is really a good kind of thought. Um, if you got 200 square feet, and we do have some members that have like 200 square feet, 180 square feet. And they're still running cl- quote unquote classes of two uh, people in just 180 square feet, which is absolutely incredible. Yeah. Um, but if you can get it up to 600 square feet or above, then you can start cooking. And then obviously, like uh, there there's some efficiency breakover points at different square footage, like 1500 square feet is more than twice as efficient as 1000 square feet. Um, then it hits again about 3,500 square feet. So there's these little break over points. But if you can start with a couple hundred square feet, you could
0: do this. That, that makes sense. What kind of gear are we talking in a typical gym? I know it can probably vary depending upon the practice, mm. but is this like multiple $100,000 units? Is it band only? How have you seen docs be most successful when they're choosing what they have to offer in yeah. their gym space? I think from the get go, man, let me establish this. If you go down this
1: route, you are never going to win the more equipment game. 24 hour fitness owns that market. We are never going to win the more space game, 24 hour fitness, crunch, LA fitness lifetime. They all own that game. We're never going to win the hot tub and sauna game, right? But what we can win at is expertise. What other group of people understands how human beings move and understands why certain movements are creating pain in a certain body then chiropractors. I mean, come on, give me a break. That's our bread and butter is that's why we study anatomy is not just, hey, you have a femur and it attaches it. Why do I have pain in my knee? Well, good question, because there's an imbalance here or we need to work on the stability of your hip, right? So pursue expertise. And once you understand how to do things, the implements are a secondary feature of that, right? So if you're a really good chef, you don't need to uh, have a specific knife. You know what a knife can do, right? So along with that, we're talking about uh, typically when people start out with a couple hundred square feet, they, they start off with usually like a set of kettlebells and some various bands. And I would say the only other piece of equipment you want is probably a wall mounted pull up bar because it becomes a for pull ups like dots in the name, but also a really good overhead mount for bands and all sorts of attachments there. And I will tell you, uh, I'm notorious in my Facebook group you mentioned uh, because I hate squat racks. Now, I trained on squat racks when I was in college. I love squat racks. When I go to the CrossFit gym locally, I use squat racks. But in 600 square feet or less, a squat rack takes up too much damn space because you need a squat rack. Oh, yeah? Well, then you need a bar. Oh, well, that's long. And then also you need bumper plates to put on there. Oh, well, where are you going to store those? Oh, you need a weight tree. And you end up with all this used up space, and you're just not making revenue off it. So until you break 1,000 square feet, no damn squat racks. We can find solutions uh, using expertise other than squat, uh, barbell squats.
0: That that make that makes sense to me. Let's talk on the business side a little bit. There's yeah. this weird phenomenon where there are uh, a group of chiropractors, many I think, who if they follow you or I, they might fall in that bucket. Not everybody, but they're mm-hmm. allergic to the words profit and revenue. And <laughs> and, and, and and so I want to talk about the recurring revenue and the membership aspect of it because for so many docs out there you know, they might take a step back or t- oh, I don't know if that's right for me. To me, it's a absolute, overly cliched word here, but no brainer. It's so obvious that this should happen. Yet so many docs have either mindset issue. probably comes down to mindset issues around this. I'll, 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 I'll put you on the spot here. Why do you think that is? And what, how would you encourage somebody who's thinking about it, but maybe a little bit apprehensive because they're so deep in a fee for service model. Why should they consider this? Well, look,
1: if you're in fee for service and, and you, if you're accepting insurance, uh, I have never got a letter from insurance companies when I was credentialed that said, great news, Dr. Satterley, we're increasing the reimbursement and we're going to make it easier for you to get said reimbursement with less paperwork. I've never seen that letter come through. And so I always ask people like, what other job would you take where I say, hey, over the next five years, you're going to work harder, make less money, and it's going to be more headaches. Welcome. You would never do that, right? If you went to work at any corporation in America, you'd be like, I want to know that there's an upward trajectory and that I'm going to, you know, maybe get more assistance or more employees under me or something off in the future. And here we are stuck in healthcare where it is getting worse and worse and worse. And it's just untenable over a long term, over a career. If you graduated in the last five years, the 25 years, 30 years of your career cannot be set up like they are now. So something has to change. In my mind, it's the business model. Now, what has to change? Uh, you have to get comfortable with the idea that a chiropractor should be making significant money which when I say significant money like for some reason we all uh, lost sight of this idea that we're trained professionals who offer an incredible service and that service should be paid well so getting I don't know I don't think that uh, that expecting $120,000 a year by your third year in practice should be that crazy and I think if you're like more than 10 years into practice, you need to be looking at ways your business, not just you as a clinician, but your business is paying you like 200 dollars to $250,000 a year. And if you look at the price, well, if you look at the price of gas in the last five minutes, you will see that that may need to go up to $300,000, but inflation is affecting everything, everything's getting more expensive, and that's just the progression. So to do that, what has to happen? Well, you've got to have a business that makes money in addition to the hours you work. So you as a business owner are likely essentially an employee or a service provider. So you're like, Hey, you're going to adjust 30 hours a week of patients. Great. How else can I make money? Well, in a traditional business model, you're stuck because the only way to make more money is either reduce the time you want to see people, which I think you and I both know there's a point where that just gets too low that it's no longer interesting for either party Or, or you need to work more hours. And I'm sure when you had kids, all of a sudden time becomes very valuable, right? So the hours thing just won't work. So what else can you do? Well, in every other business, if you look at a a primary care provider office, how do they increase revenue? They hire PAs, right? They hire secondaries. If you go to an attorney's office, how do they make more money? Hire more paralegals. If you go to any business in the world, I, I live in Las Vegas here. If you look at the casino industry, the secondary players are always where they make the most money, right? Okay. So how do we do that in chiropractic? Well, you need somebody that can assist you and deliver care that makes money on their own. And I'm, I I say, it's like a really highly trained CA chiropractic assistant that looks a lot like a personal trainer or strength coach. And then people can go in and say, Hey Jeff, the, let's say that you're the CA, can I schedule a couple sessions with you? Yep. And at some point I need to go back and see Dr. Satterling. That's totally fine. You can do both. Right. But we have these additional revenue streams, shove a few of those in there. And then that's the per session thing. And I don't mean to ramble here, but I just want to cover this. Then you think, OK, well, how can we get out of the per session and make money whether they come in or not? Well, let's call the membership. So right now I'm on the uh, Harry's Shave Club membership, and I've been charged the exact same amount from Harry's and from Netflix and from Costco and from everybody over the last couple of years. Harry's doesn't care if I use the razors or not. Now, they're good razors. They're awesome. But they just charge me the same amount and ship when I need it. How can we do that in chiropractic? You've got to add a membership piece. And I think the best way to do that is exercise class. Yeah.
0: I think that's a great answer. And if Harry's Razors is listening, yes, so you can send the check. I'll go, you know, I'll put the uh I'll right, put, yeah. put my address in later, drop it in the show notes. Yeah. Uh, Jeff just wants to dip his beak into it. I mean, we're looking at five, ten percent. Nothing big here. Nothing big. <laughs> that's right. I'm 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 yeah. I'm firm but I'm fair. I'm firm but All I'm right. fair. Right, yeah. <laughs> I respect that about you. <laughs> let's let's talk. Let's dive into those numbers a little bit. So, okay. for when a doc is considering, okay, so there's a a CA that act, mm-hmm. you know acts as and is coached and trained and provides mm-hmm. the service. That takes me. I can get to claw back some of my time, generate some revenue without having to have my hands on every single person that comes in. There's the membership option. How have you seen this work out in terms just of sheer numbers? Of course, there's variability, but what's the baselines? Yeah. Yeah, so as
1: a principle of this, um a really highly trained chiropractor, I'm sorry, a really tr- highly trained uh personal trainer, CA, can do about 80% of the skills that we can do as chiropractors. They can't diagnose, they can't adjust, but they can observe, they can take a history, they can take them through movement testing, they can do range of motion, they can do stretching, they can do muscle work, they can do rehab, exercise, a lot of things, right? So set it up that they do all those things and what it means for the docs that we see is that if you're really cooking about 40 percent of the number of uh of patient visits you have will be able to transfer over to this ca okay so if you're seeing 100 patients a week that ca should be able to see about 40 a week now the reason it's it's less than half is the time is obviously different right a chiropractor sees 10 to 15 minute visits that, that CAO probably need 30 minutes, right? But anyway, so 40% of that, okay? So that 40% of reduction from the chiropractor means they can either spend more time on patients or book in the really complicated people that they're not willing to send over to that trainer. So 40% of it. So now you have this additional 40% of that service and it equals roughly, strangely, about 40% of the revenue. So if you figure for hundred people a week, you're making, let's just use these math, 10,000 a week um, off those visits, 40 uh so that'd be 40% of that $4,000 a week additional that that CA can add in. Then um just going for easy numbers here. If you think about all the uh, new patients you have in a month, if somebody's really cooking, we're seeing people that can get about one out of every five patients, these are new patients into that exercise, okay? So one out of every five. So that's 20% of your patient base. So again, if you're seeing, I don't know, what what do you see as the num- new patient numbers for people? Is it like 20 to 30 a month?
0: I think that's fair. Yeah, let's say, say, yeah. Yeah, say 20,
1: 30. Let's just say 30 people a month, of uh, 30 new, unique, new patients a month. So 20% of that would be six people that are going into that um, membership-based class exercise. So you're growing this tiny little gym by six people a month. You're going to top out in about, eight to 12 months, you're going to run out of space if you, unless you have a bigger gym uh, on the backside.
0: Yep. I, I, I love that model. I love the recurring revenue model. I know you do as, as well. Why do docs need to pay attention to recurring revenue? Why should they have it on their radar that memberships and subscriptions are actually a good thing, not a bad thing, not only for their patient, but for their business? Let's say on the business side of that, why is recurring revenue so so important? And what, in your opinion, how would you describe to a doc why it's critical to their practice success long-term?
1: Jeez, dude, there's so many reasons, but number one, stability, right? If you have a, if you look at Netflix, for example, right, it's membership, everybody's paying month to month. There's essentially no barrier to, to canceling. It's pretty easy, right? Their revenue every month is incredibly it's, I, I I can't remember what it is, but I think they, they pull on tens of millions of dollars a month and it's stable to less than a hundred thousand dollars. So in, in scale, it's incredibly stable and you can predict. Second thing, if you ever want to sell your business and I don't, I'm not saying you have to, I'm just saying if you want to, it's so much easier to get an offer when you have uh recurring revenue that you have a long history of getting and that you have a long future of receiving yeah. who wouldn't want to buy that business. Right. Uh, third thing, um, you make the same amount regardless of who services that. So a lot of times in chiropractic businesses, people love Dr. Jeff. They don't like Dr. Josh as much cause you know, his jokes aren't as funny as Dr. Jeff's. That's fine. But if Dr. Jeff goes on vacation, it's like, well, I don't know if I want to go see Dr. Josh, blah, blah. And so half the number of people come in, that sucks. If you have a membership base, you are providing a service that anyone can coach and therefore anybody can fill it in. So Jeff wants to go on vacation. Josh gets sick with the flu. Uh, you know, you want to go to a weekend, uh, you know, DNS, see, and it's like, uh, Hey, I got to take off four days to do this. Cool. The numbers are going to stay the same. The product's going to stay the same. The business is going to operate the same. We know how to
0: do this. It's not whether or not Jeff is there. Think, thank you for the metaphor. Uh, Jeff has zero jokes I've found historically. So I, I, I appreciate that. I was going to feel really bad for myself if you, if you told the truth there. <laughs> that that the you have thing, all the jokes. Let me I'm go back you. when I said like
1: one out of every five or 20% of the new patients can be upsold into this uh, membership-based uh, fitness model let me ask you this if you are, don't have that. So if you're McDonald's, but you're not selling French fries and drinks, you're essentially turning your nose up at that money. Like what? So it's there, it's possible, uh, but you're not doing it. So why not? Like, why wouldn't you have that upsell? And if you go anywhere, like if you buy a new car, they upsell you into maintenance. If you go get new tires, they upsell you into a brake job. Like every place has upsells and chiropractors rarely have those, right? I mean, I think having a a, a fitness membership is as important as having like, you know, easy to find supplements and and different health products like somebody could have in their office. Because, again, going for this expertise, you can buy, buy vitamin D anywhere. But who do patients want to get it from? Somebody that tells them why vitamin D is so important and how it's going to affect them and how it's going to improve their life. And we do that with everything. Anytime you go into uh, shopping for a new refrigerator, the person that demonstrates expertise eliminates what we call price elasticity. Right, the price doesn't matter as much because I know, uh, wow, this one's really set up for, uh, you know, in your case, like how well does this washing machine work for dark cover- colored hoodies with zippers? I don't want to, I don't want them to fade. I need to wear them on stage, and it's like, oh well, then you need the GE, you know. Uh, 235e, e, and you're like, exactly. I don't care what it costs. I want it, I want perfectly washed hoodies. Of
0: dark colors. <laughs> I, I, I follow your metaphor there. And yeah. one, one of the things that you brought up right then that I'd love to dive into is there's so many docs out there that get you know, their palms are getting sweaty. They heard yeah. uh, upsell. They heard conversion. Mm. They heard, yeah. oh, you're selling. You and I talk about this stuff all the time. Mm. For some right. bizarre reason, there is this like almost adverse reaction to it in some yeah. chiropractic circles as if you can only use those words if you practice a certain chiropractic philosophy and if you do another, then you can't care about business. Right. Like yeah. what's up with that? What's your take on that? And and what do docs well, need to know to maybe shift and transform and open their yeah. mindset a little more? Yeah, I'm, I come from the mindset of like, let's
1: use the language that most people use to describe this thing. So when it comes to say adjustments, like a lot of people, um, Uh, I have a friend that does like that atlas orthogonal thing and he does these crazy references. I'm like, listen, dude, does it need to flex, extend, rotate or laterally flex? Like that's the only motions of the spine. Just tell me what it needs to do. Well, PIO is is this. And I'm like, homeboy, like let's just get clear. Like whether I'm a chiro or a physical therapist or an athletic trainer or a spine surgeon, we should all be able to say like this bone needs to flex or sorry, this joint needs to flex, extend, rotate, right, rotate, left, whatever. And it's like this different professions develop different language, but I, I want to look at who uses the, the language most and who's making the most out of it. So I always tell people if you grew up in the South and I know that you live kind of near the South, uh, you go to any roadside cafe, they're going to have grits, right? And what is grits? Well, it's ground up corn mixed with broth, uh, and served in a styrofoam dish. Cool. How much does it cost? Dollar fifty. Cool. You come down here to, uh, Las Vegas where I live. I take you down to the strip. I walk you into a beautiful casino we go. The hostess is wearing a $400 dress. We go sit in some table, and they serve, they offer you this amazing dinner called polenta, right? They're like, oh, the polenta tonight. It's it's fantastic. It's imported from Italy. And you go, what is it? Well, it's ground up corn mixed with broth and you know served on a beautiful platter. How much is it? $49. Okay. So you can sit there and say like, I don't want to use the word upsell or I don't want to use the word sales or memberships and everything. Okay. You're taking polenta and you're turning it into grits. You're you're accepting less money for the same thing. Now, when we talk about upsells, maybe you could think about it as additional necessary future service. So if somebody, a, a great upsell, the perfect upsell is where you offer something that you know the person will benefit from and they don't yet know they'll need it. So let me give you an example. I have a friend that runs a gym here locally and it's all about weight loss, all of it, right? And he says, the number one thing that people tell us they deal with is uh, constipation two weeks in. That's our number one complaint, right? So he sells a anti-constipation kit that's like some fiber supplements, water suggestion. I know it's like a water bottle that has a light and an app and it tells you, hey, you haven't consumed enough today. And then he has a, man, a booklet that talks about how to deal with it and what foods to use and here's how blah, 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 right? It is the least comfortable thing. That he knows that every one of his clients is going to deal with at some point so when you say hey you don't think you need this i'm just telling you you'll need this like what's the downside he's providing a better service right and so if we talk to people about like let's just take back pain okay what do we know about back pain from the research forget the upsells what do we know from the research it's likely to recur what else do we know exercise is going to help it what else do we know that lifestyle factors lifestyle choices are probably affecting it just as much as like any trauma Okay, so it would be a perfect upsell. I don't know, something that helps them change that. How about a standing desk, right? If you have people stuck in an office, you go, hey, I believe that a standing desk is a way for them to not have recurrent low back pain or have it less often. Well, sell them a standing desk. All you're offering is something where you know they'll benefit from it. It's going to make a big deal in the future, but it's probably not in their mind immediately. An upsell is perfect
0: for that. And an upsell, in this case, fitness is the upsell. I think, it's a, I think it's a perfect addition to so many practices out there. We're getting up against the clock. For docs that want yeah. to learn and discover more, where can they check out what you're up to and begin the steps of in- implementing a clinic-gym hybrid in their practice?
1: Pretty simple. You go to
0: clinicgymhybrid.com, and that's
1: the website. You can uh, find information about the different products we offer, the different courses we're offering. We're putting on live events. There's also a Facebook page called the Clinic Gym Hybrid Discussion Group on Facebook. Request uh, entry into there. Now, I'm just going to tell you, you've got to answer three questions because that's how we know that you're not a robot. But the questions are pretty easy and, you know, they're pretty simple to fill out. But be ready to fill those out. We get people all the time that are like, I didn't get in. It's like, you didn't answer three simple questions, you know. Um, anyways, uh, but yeah, if people want to jump in there. And we got some a great group of people that are super supportive and, and providing tips and everything. Because again, I think the model, the business model we all operate needs to fundamentally change for us to be a successful profession as we move forward. It has to. It's becoming absolutely untenable with reimbursements going down. And let's be honest, you think patients like this crappy care that everybody's delivering? delivering? They're not. And so they're going to find ways around it. And all around me, concierge uh, MDs are popping up left and right. Why? Because the world
0: is demanding a higher level of service why don't we provide it for them? i could not agree more everybody listening please be sure to check out what josh is up to and as he said your patients are going to be searching for it are you going to step up and give them the ability to connect engage with you and you yeah. can build a better business in the process josh thanks so much for coming on and chatting with us and uh, i'm sure i'll catch you soon absolutely thank you for having me jeff and uh, thanks everybody for listening Thank you for listening to interviews by The Smart Chiropractor. Join us again next week for another episode and leave us a review when you have a moment. This episode has been brought to you by The Smart Chiropractor. The Smart Chiropractor can deliver more new patients, better retention, and more consistent reactivations to your practice without spending any money on paid advertising. Learn more and get started today at thesmartchiropractor.com.